Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Hey everybody, Jessica here. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. Today's topic is what we would change about our Indian wedding. This happened for us a little more than 10 years ago. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary in July here, July 2020. As we reflected on our experience, our wedding, all that went into those three days of celebration for us, we just were thinking that we might want to share that with other people. A lot of people ask us these questions of, hey, you know, what would you change or what would you modify or any advice you have for others? So, and I just wanted to make a note that we are going to be taking a break from releasing new episodes in September. We will be back in October with three friends who are all going to share their adoption story in various ways. So three different families where one of the family members is South Asian, whether it's one of the kids or the parent. So we want to talk about that next month in October. So we're not going anywhere, just wanted to take a little break and we we'll back in October. So before we get into today's, today's topic, we want to take a listener question. And this is from Lisa in the Netherlands. So Lisa asked, let's talk about compromise. How do you go about doing stuff that you're not comfortable with being married to an Indian? It, I think, Lisa, this is really, really an excellent, excellent question. And I think one of the underlying assumptions that I would like to point out is that compromise needs to take place in any relationship. I mean, we all know that. But I think when you're in a cross-cultural relationship, you have to be willing to maybe compromise on a few levels that people who are married in the same culture might not need to, whether that's living really, really far away from your family or eating different kinds of foods or maybe making different choices about religious practices, about raising your children, things of that sort. So this is something that Abhishek and I are going to get into later on in the episode. So I would say that especially in the case where one partner is Indian or South Asian and the other one is the other one is not. Um, I think there's an assumption that the non-Indian partner has to do a lot of compromising and the other one doesn't. Mm, I would say that that's not really true. I think that actually the Indian or South Asian partner does have a lot of compromises, but I think there's kind of this trajectory in our world today where Indians are immigrating all over the world. And they're like ready to adjust, ready to change, ready to make all of these kind of changes in their life in order to live abroad. And I think they've already made a lot of these changes. Uh, I, I think that's kind of embedded in people's mentality. Um, it, it might be that your you know, partner's family has immigrated to a different country and that's where you met. It might be that um, in some other cases, it might be that you as a non-South Asian are living in India and then met your Indian partner. And in that case, um, yeah, you'll, you'll probably have to make a lot of compromises, not just for your partner, but in order to kind of live and thrive in India. So I think that when a an Indian person 
immigrates to a different country, they've already made a lot of changes and already a lot of compromises. And so I think it's only fair that the um, non-Indian partner also is willing to compromise and make changes as well to accommodate to their life and, and the pieces of culture that they want to hold on to and want to carry forward in their family. But you'll also see in some in some cases where it might not be about culture. So as we're looking at the culture piece, it might be entirely something else. It might be just about personal preferences. It might be about something silly like, do you like to sleep with a blanket or do you like to sleep with a bedsheet or, or neither? And um, I mean, these are things that aren't necessarily cultural, although they, although they might've been informed by the way, where you grew up, but these are not cultural things. These are personal preferences. And sometimes without knowing a lot about your partner's culture, it can be hard to, to figure out, is this a cultural preference or is this a personal preference? And so my answer for almost everything whenever people ask me is, you know, get to know about Indian culture and get to um, know as much as you can about your partner's culture. And that goes for the Indians and for the non-Indians as well. And then you'll be a little bit I think more lighthearted about making those compromises is when you're able to figure out, is this a personal preference? Is this a cultural preference? And how can I navigate those things? So if it's one of those things, that's just a cultural preference as kind of like a, a nod to that person's culture, then you might want to take it very seriously. Or if it's just a personal preference, it's like, well, hey, I'm going to do me, you're going to do you. And, and you can just kind of navigate those things and negotiate those things in your relationship. So I hope that makes sense. All right, let's get into our episode talking about what we would change about our big fat Indian wedding. And this was recorded on YouTube as well. So be sure to check out Abhishek and I face-to-face -face talking into the camera if you want to see our faces as well. Be sure to check out our social media. We're going to be sharing a bunch of pictures from our wedding that correlate with the different points that we made in the podcast. So enjoy. So we wanted to talk a little bit because people have been asking about our wedding. How did we go about incorporating traditions? We've released one episode already about some unique things about the wedding, but just on a more personal note, uh, we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year. And people ask us a lot of times, how would you, if you could go back, would you change the way you did your wedding? Would you um, incorporate anything? Would you remove anything? And what are advice that you would give to people who are now getting married, who are uh, Indian, non-Indian couple? So I can start. I think for us, we had a very, um, we had one ceremony only. We didn't have like an American and then an Indian thing or like uh, any like different religious things. Like we had one thing where we kind of incorporated the core of who we are into one ceremony and just invited everybody to that. So that doesn't work for everybody and that's fine. Both of our parents, our families um, were are very gracious and very accepting of, of us. And so we had a uh -huh. good experience where 
they gave us a lot of autonomy and allowed us to plan what we wanted to plan. We also got married in Chicago, so we were able to, which none of our, um, none of your relatives live in Chicago, mine do. So we were able to hire a lot of our own um, people for the Barat, for, we also had our own Bandit, um, where we had, you know, he's a mentor of, our, of ours who we're very close to. So basically, uh, we had a lot of um, freedom and ability to create a ceremony that expressed us, but also included both of our families and traditions in that. Right. And, and ceremonies, a lot of times, is not about your values as much. Like, you know, like generally Hindu weddings are not, you just go with the flow, whatever is happening, you go with it. And if you want to include Western elements to it, you could. But I think it's possible to do a blended wedding. But generally, Hindu weddings are very set in stone of what they're supposed to be. And including Western elements into it, it can be added on the bookends, like in the beginning or in the end. You cannot include it inside of it, generally. that Because it mm -hmm. has a process of beginning and ending. Mm -hmm. So the rituals that are followed, like you have to stick with that. You can mm -hmm. only do it like in a reception or earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's just the way it is. Like, you can't just, like, tailor-make. Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to do that a little bit, but you cannot tailor-make Hindu weddings, mm -hmm. basically. That's, you can reduce the size of it. You can reduce the... You can length. ask the pundit to... Yeah, length. You can ask the pundit to see if you can do, take out a few things. Shortcut. Shortcut puja. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, generally you cannot do a whole lot. Otherwise, right. it will mess with the, 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 the technicality of how it's designed. That's right. So that's one thing that uh, we had going for us. Um, I wouldn't change anything about the way that we, we spent a ton of time on like the content of our wedding. Um, one thing for, you know, since a lot of my family uh, were not as familiar with Indian culture, we had like a program that said, these are the different steps that are going to be taking place in the ceremony and it explained what they were. So people really appreciated that. Um, most like of your handout. yeah handout. So one of your most of your relatives that came have been living in the United States or Canada. So they already kind of like yeah. were familiar with some of the steps of like you know my dad walked me down the aisle into the mandap, which if you look on um, our social media you'll see pictures of our our wedding and how we incorporated that. Um, but so there were we also incorporated vows into our uh, Hindu. Uh, ceremony so we did the whole I do thing back and forth and exchange you know it was rings. like a blended we did incorporate that into blended, our some uh, Scott yeah mm -hmm. so uh, thinking about going back and what would we change now 10 years later we just watched the video a couple when our, on the day of our Sarah of our anniversary with uh, with Abhishek's parents and just thinking about those memories and what I would change, what I wouldn't change. So I'll give you a sec to think about it. For me, I would definitely have not changed how much effort we put into inviting people and thinking about making the family included and comfortable. I think that was really important. Um, I included all my siblings in the bridal party. Um, we included all of your family that came and um, it had something for them to participate in, which was 
really important. We had the Haldi ceremony. We had Mehendi where everyone could get Mehendi and henna on their hands, even, you know, the bridal party from my side, relatives on both sides. That was really fun and in including everyone, which I, I wouldn't change anything. Um, one thing I would change was, you know, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of control over this, but just like the budget. Um, I sometimes wish I would have spent more money <laughs> on um, my, my wedding because I know no one ever says that, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> At that point in our lives, we, you know, we were newer in our careers and um, we just didn't, you know, I, we're both a little bit... Um, minimalistic in some ways, I guess you could say, and a little bit maybe frugal. So sometimes I was like, oh, I don't want to spend for that. I don't want to spend for that. But in the, in the, in looking back, I wish I would have just been like, yeah, like, let's just get the best, like for food and for things for the guests, we didn't skimp, but for things for ourselves, I was like, eh, like, do we really need, like, do I need like the best gown or do I need to have my makeup done by someone professionally? Like I would have done all those things now looking back. Like, I think we, we did our best at that time, given the situation. And yeah, so I think it was it was fine. Um, but I think if there's anything else that I would you, you always say, oh, it's just one day. Yeah, it's just one day, right? Well, one, for us, it was three days. days three days. Yeah. Three days of wedding. Uh -huh. um, I don't really, I mean, it's important, very important day. The wedding is like, doesn't happen. Um, once in a lifetime thing for most people. So yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it was good. It was good. I don't know if I can change a lot of things, given the situation that we had. So we did our best, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. we did. We did. I think people ask a lot about compromise. And did you, what did you compromise for your wedding? What did you this or what did you that? And like, I just want to address that because people often will write in or comment um, or just in other circles that I'm in with other people who are um, with Indian and non-Indian. And this this isn't any wedding, but I think there's, uh, because like you were saying, is there, there are certain things in the Indian wedding which are very set. It's not like, oh, you can just change it around as your personal preference. There are things that are just set and it's been done that way for thousands of years. And that's part of the beauty of an Indian wedding, but it's hard to sometimes insert your own personal flair and which is important to us Westerners at least. So how would you say if someone would ask, you know, my, my Indian, uh, uh, soon to be spouse is asking me to do all this stuff and I don't really want to compromise. Like, what would you say to that person? Then have two weddings. I think, you know, like that's one option. That's always an option. Why to make it into a one consolidated wedding? Have it two different rituals, two different set of ceremonies. Or you can have same one party, but two different ceremonies that uh, can be can be implemented. Um, but usually like one person has to give in. Generally, it is the boy's side that gives in. But I don't know, maybe not. Um, but girls side generally is the, like I've seen, I've heard, I've seen many men just go with the flow, whatever the girls side wanted. So it depends. It really depends who is from which side. Like if, if one of them is Indian, or did they grow up in America? Do they have family in America? Are they both, are they getting married? Like for us, it was like, 
we were getting married in in a in a like because my I don't have my parents there. I didn't grow up in America, so I didn't have like that that grounding there with lots of like my own parents there. So we had our other relatives that joined in. But your parents came to the wedding. Came to the wedding, yeah. so they were like a guest to the wedding almost. So we had to organize a lot of it, and then Jessica's parents are there, so so that they help with that as well. But other, what I've seen other people, it really depends upon your situation. Like if you are in getting married in America without your both both sides parents are not present so then it's a little bit different but if the girl is from there grew up there then generally um, she and her parents if the if she's from Indian background she will have her own preferences her parents will have preferences and they will have lots of relatives there so they they, they will they will just like my cousin had in in, in New York so so uh, yeah it depends upon how you look at it and uh, what the situation is. Um, you have to look at your situation and go accordingly. We had a different situation. We uh, we we were able to insert our preferences in it because what we felt was important to us. So that is not a very Indian thing to do in that way. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls values are generally not inserted into the wedding. Um, it's not about you. It's not about you. Like in American system, it's like it's your day. Yeah. In, Indian wedding is not your day. <laughs> right. You just it's, show up. It's generally. the family's day. So there, there's, a, there's a clash of those values, I think, that takes place. And um, we tried our best to do both. So if, if you're feeling that clash, then I would just say, like, what are the hills that you're willing to die on? Uh, or maybe that's a bad metaphor, but just what are, what are the things that you like? I really, really want this thing. Find a way that if you can incorporate incorporate that somehow, maybe that means you have two ceremonies. If it's, so yeah, I think the it's challenging to know how much of your own preferences you want to try to insert and how much you want to go along with the idea that it's not your day and it's not your all about you, I guess. And that's a good, I guess, introduction to. Um, being married into Indian culture is the compromises that you may have to make. If you're not willing um, to make compromises, then, you know, a wedding is a, is a great first kind of, not, I don't want to say test because it's not a test, but just a wedding is a good, it's a filter that you have to go through. Like, and, and sometimes you may not have to go that through that much stress ever again in your married life um, if you're not planning on having kids, especially. Yeah, and also like, like Indian weddings are. It's not necessarily like it does not necessarily express the faith or values of bride and groom. Like, so you don't have to worry about that. Like, oh, you know, if you're atheist or agnostic or and then you still have a Hindu wedding, it doesn't really mean anything. Like Hindu wedding is 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 a, is one of the things that you do to keep you might be agnostic or atheist or whatever. Uh, but that doesn't mean in, in the West, there is this tendency like, you know, like, oh, I'm not I don't want church wedding because I'm this or that or I don't want Christian elements or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But in uh, but in Indian culture even in america like if if, whatever your value systems are you still do hindu wedding like it is not anything nobody's asking you to believe in anything necessarily but it is uh more of like a marriage uh 
like steps of uh, of, of, of traditional things that you're doing. Mm. So that's something that you have to kind of take into consideration that is not. Yeah. 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 Please send us more questions. Anything else you want to add on that? Nope. About what we would do differently or not do? Yeah. Wow. It depends upon your circumstances. Yeah. It depends on your circumstances. We can only share a few things about ourselves and uh, from what we remember from 10 years back. And uh, yeah, but I think uh, we really appreciate people sending in their questions and send us more. We love this. This is great. Uh, write to us at jessica at invisibleindiapodcast.com. Check out our website. You can also check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, all of our pictures. Uh, we have several pictures coming up on our, our, um, our wedding pictures coming up on the site over the next couple of weeks. So feel free to check that out. You can also um, go to Twitter, Facebook, and um, of course you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and several other Indian sites too, GeoSavan, Ghana, etc. So thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye. Music for the Invisible India podcast is performed by Christopher Halen Sitar and Ed Hanley on Tabla on Rag Bhim Palasi.